So welcome to Elevate. That's right. God is good. And all the time. God is what? Okay. So God is good. So thank you for joining us for our new sermon series. As some of you guys don't see, as some of you guys see, I am not Joseph. My name is Oscar Cardenas. I'm a deacon here at MPI. And I'm giving you guys the word today, okay? So we are jumping into a new sermon series called Connected. Somebody say Connected. Connected to the cross. So for the, some of you guys that don't know, the cross is a very important symbol in our faith, in our foundation, in our faith. If, can you do me a favor, Jorge, and just turn me up a little bit on the mains? But, like I said, we're jumping into the cross. So the cross is very important in our faith. So what I want you guys to think about is why it's so important in our faith and why we look upon it, why we not in a sense of worship it, but we worship Jesus Christ on the cross, okay? So, the crucifixion, for those of you that don't know, this is why the crucifixion of Christ is why we look upon it. And for those of you that don't know, literally the crucifixion was a form of punishment for uh, criminals in a sense. It was used by the Romans and typically it was people outside that weren't Roman themselves. So literally it would be a form of punishment. It would be a form of torture and that's what they did to Jesus. They crucified him for his crimes because they said that he was preaching heresy, that what he preached wasn't true. And that they, you know, they just said, hey, we got to get rid of him because what he says is not true. So we have the punishment therefore for that. And literally... What happened on that cross is why we follow it, why it's a part of our faith. It's so important. If you could turn with me, Jorge, to Romans 3.23. It's a very short verse. But it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So in order to learn the importance of the cross, we have to literally start from the beginning. And the reason why we look upon the cross is because we have sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. You know, for those of you that don't know, we've all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, I wasn't born perfect. I was not born on the altar like some of the, the people up in this place. I'm just joking. But everybody is born into sin. And this includes your neighbors. This includes me, okay? Because it says in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, this is Paul speaking. For those of you that don't know, we're going to come back to Galatians a couple times. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So for those of you that do this behind the scenes, even me when I was a sinner, you know, when I was your age, I was doing this. I was doing not everything, okay? If I did, that, that would be pretty crazy. But, you know, I was living in sexual morality. And a lot of people do live in sexual morality today. And that's sad, but these are the acts of the flesh. And I'm just letting you know, for those of you that live in the acts of the flesh, you are not a son of God. You are not a son of God. That's what the Bible says, okay? This is not me saying it. But if you are getting offended, okay, then you need to check yourself. Because I'm preaching to you what the Bible says, what Jesus says. Okay, I do not come with lies, but I come, I come to you with what the Bible says, okay? And if you want to fact check me with the Bible, go ahead and fact check me, okay? But this is what life looks like when you aren't connected to the cross. Because we're going to find out, but the cross brings victory, 
Okay, you are, when you are living this uh, kind of lifestyle, you are separated from God, and you're not of God, we cannot put you in the same category. I know some of you guys are thinking, but I'm not God. Of course, I can't be in the same category. But what Jesus did on the cross is so that he can make you perfect. For those of you that don't know, I'm giving you a little sneak peek of what happens because the cross. The cross is going to make us perfect. Okay, so it says in John 8, 44. Okay, this is where it starts to tell us that who our father really is because of the lifestyle that we live. It says, you belong to your father, the devil. Okay, so if you're living in sin, you are a son of the devil. And you need to face that. That's truth right there. You need to face the fact that if you are living in sin, if you are living in sexual immorality, drunkenness, orgies, debauchery, dissensions, factions, everything that was said previously, that you are the son of the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. What is your father's desires? Everything that I mentioned, everything the flesh wants to do. See, the flesh is very, it's very in this state of mind that thinks that uh, you could do whatever you want, especially if it makes you feel good. That if it makes you feel good, it's okay. That if your friends tell you it's okay, then go ahead and do it. But the Bible says otherwise. Jesus says otherwise. Jesus says that you are a son of the devil. That is what is being preached, that you are a son of the devil if you want to live this lifestyle. He was a murderer, talking about the devil, from the beginning, not holding on to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil will tell you lies. The flesh will tell you lies. So that way you can live a certain lifestyle. So those lifestyles that some of you guys live or for females or even males, because I know some guys deal with this, where they tell themselves, hey, I, I, you know, I don't look good. Hey, I'm, I'm this and that. Hey, I'm ugly. These are, these are things that people go through. These are some things that even you guys probably go through and don't want to admit. These are lies of the devil. When they tell you that you are ugly or that... Uh, your foot's too big. Who knows what it is? You know, it may be something as small as that. It may sound dumb to you. It may sound dumb to the ear. But for some people, they actually go through things like this. Where literally the smallest lie will literally just throw off their path of Christ. They won't want to follow Christ just because of a little lie that the devil tells them. Okay, so I tell you guys, when you guys hear lies like that, to not receive it. Because that is from your father, the devil, if you're living in sin. But receive what the, what the Father tells you. And the Father tells you that you are perfectly made in his image. You are made in the image of God. For those of you that know, don't know, in Genesis, it says that we are made in the image of God. And in 1 John 3.10, very similar to what was being said, this is how we know who the children of God are and who are the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child nor anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So literally, what you do will reflect who you worship, who your father is. If your father is God, you were go you're going to do things that the father would do. You will love your brother and sister. You will seek accountability with them. You would keep them in check. You'd ask them, hey, what did you do last night? Are you still doing drugs? Are you still watching pornography? Are you still calling yourself ugly? Are you encouraging yourself? Are you reading the Bible? Or, or are you just being lazy? playing video games, hanging out with your friends, going to parties, who knows what it is. 
but you have to fill yourself with life. And the life that we receive is from the cross. It all starts in the very beginning. Again, in Galatians 6.14, if we could go there. Galatians are a very good book. It's written by Paul. And Paul himself was even a child of the devil. Paul was uh, not even a Christian before, but he would persecute Christians. He would go out and murder them. You know, he would persecute them. Literally, that's all he wanted to do before. He would want to persecute them. He wanted to kill them because that, you know, his mind back then, that faith, you know, it's foolish. Let's get rid of it. Let's bring it to extinctions. But thank God that God saved Saul and that he became a man of God. It says in Galatians 6, 14, this is Paul speaking. May it never boast except in the cross of, of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Literally, let us boast in the cross because the cross is our foundation. And I keep saying that because we need to realize, okay, when people start to question our Christianity, when they start to question our faith, why do we believe in the cross? Why do we believe in Jesus? Because we have faith in the cross. We know that the cross has power and that Jesus had power. And because Jesus said that we had power, we will have power. What did Jesus do on the cross that is so powerful, which is why every single one of us needs to follow him? You know, we question, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? For those of you that don't know, you know, the word became flesh. And who's the word? Jesus. Who's the word? Exactly. Jesus is the word. He became flesh and died on the cross. And what you need to realize is that the, our flesh is literally not promised anything. So this is a quote that I heard. I'm still trying to find the verse, but literally, it's just so powerful. It says that your flesh doesn't care about eternity because it is not going with you. Your flesh does not care about eternity. That those 10 seconds of de desire that you get within sin, that will not last eternity. It only lasts seconds. And I used, to, I used to sin consistently, you know, to find satisfaction because that's what I desired. But then when I would sin, literally like 10 seconds go by and I start to realize this doesn't satisfy me. I'm still depressed. I'm still sad. I still don't have victory in my life. But the cross brings victory because what Jesus did on the cross was victory. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, this, this is the ESV version, so you don't have to turn there. I want to use the ESV version just because I, I like the translation a little bit better. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. So literally, for those who are perishing in sin, when I preach to you, life, for some of you, it may, might, it may mean nothing. It may mean nothing. And that's sad for me to hear and for, uh, sad for me to even say out loud that when I preach or when Joseph preaches or when any other leader in this church preaches or tries to pour into you the word of life, that literally means nothing to some people. Because when we talk to you guys about the, the gospel, about the word of God, about what he did on the cross, we do it because we want to pour life into you because we know that there's victory in the cross. But let me tell you something. 
It says, in for, like I said in 1 Corinthians 18, I'm going to read it again. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is power. But let me tell you something. Jesus cared enough to die on the cross for you. And I know some of you guys have already heard this story that Jesus cried on the, uh, he died on the cross for my sins. But he cared so much that he died on the cross that he felt pain on that cross as well. Some of you tend to forget that when Jesus Christ died on the cross that he, he felt pain. He was a man. And like I, I used to tell myself too that what Jesus did, you know, for his disciples, you know, I could do too for my friends if I needed to. But I, I can't really do that. I can't face the fact of death. For other people, because when you start to be put in that situation, you start to realize, hey, this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is tough. I don't know if I could actually go through this. But what Jesus did, it was powerful. So, because Pedro likes to say this thing, and I never understood, but he used to say that Jesus loves us. He, he used to go like, Jesus loves us this much. And I, w- I would be confused. I'd be like, what do you mean? You know, I never really understood what he meant by that when he would say that Jesus loves us this much. But literally, I used to think that he was doing, like, a measuring tape, you know, like, oh, you know, he doesn't love us this much. He loves us, like, this much. But then I start to realize that indication that he was doing with his body. He's indicating what Jesus did on the cross. He extended his arms. His, his hands were pierced because he loved us that much. Literally, us, humans, being the one persecuting him, putting him to death, his creation, putting him to death. Imagine that, you being the creator of something, your creation, putting you to death. That's what they did to him. Because in Romans 5, 6, it says, you see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. I was ungodly. You're ungodly. And Christ died for you. Some of you tend to think that, hey, Christ died for me. You know, it's like, whatever. You know, but some, what we tend to forget was we deserve God's wrath. We deserve to be punished. We deserve, to, uh, we deserve the highest of uh, highest punishments. But Christ died for us so we don't have to be punished. The word who became flesh, Jesus died for us on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that's literally true. We don't know what we're doing. We persecute him. We spit in his face when we sin. Literally, I, w- I don't know how I would be able to do this as a, uh, as a 16-year-old kid when I first came in here, a 13-year-old kid. I didn't know how... I could just come in here, listen to the word, say I was a Christian, but yet sin. Literally, I would come here for years and years, and I'd still sin, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it, and I kept coming, and I kept coming, and coming, and coming, and it didn't hit me until I was like 18. Literally, I wasted so much of my time. And I pray and I preach to you guys that you guys understand what he did on the cross. Because what he did on the cross wasn't just anything that anyone could do. If you could do that, I would like to see that. But you can't. So there's no reason to try to prove me. But literally what Jesus did on the cross was victory. Because it says in 1 Peter 2.25. 
For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Which is Jesus. Literally, without Jesus, you it's like you almost have no direction. I have no direction. I don't know what to do without Jesus. That's why we always pray upon him. That's why we look upon the cross because we know what he did on the cross was victory. And what he did and said was true. It says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's sensitive. <laughs> but literally, what Christ did on the cross, he did because he loved us. If he did not love us, he would not die on the cross for us, and he would just let us be damned to hell. Truth be told, he would let us go to hell and let us suffer. And like I said before, we deserve that. We deserve that. But when he died on the cross, he took that victory. He dethroned the devil. He dethroned his lies. So literally, I tell you that the lies that the devil tells you is not true. And I know some of you experience this where you literally tell yourselves one thing, and it's a lie from the devil. And I'm not going to say names, but I want you guys to be encouraged and to encourage yourselves. Because when we preach, our words have strength, our, word has, our words have life. Okay, I've, I've talked about this in life group one time, but with, with the words that we use, the words that uh, God gave us, the voice that we have, it has power, okay? When we say that in Jesus' name, when we're praying, you know, when we claim something like, Jesus, uh, I pray that Iraq gets saved in Jesus' name, we say that because we know it has power. You know, so literally encourage yourselves. When you guys say, when you guys receive lies of the devil that says that you're ugly or you're not beautiful, literally encourage yourselves. No, that's not true. Like God says that I'm wonderfully and beautifully made in his image. Literally, the, the cross has so much power because there's so many uh, different directions I can go with this. The cross, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, he brought the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now lives in us. Now we hear the Holy Spirit. We can speak in tongues. We can do wondrous things in the Holy Spirit. We could do miracles. We could pray over people. We could pray for the blind to, uh, to see. We could pray for the, uh, the limbs of people to grow. We could pray for people who are handicapped to stand up and walk. We could do wondrous things. In the Bible, it says that we can move mountains. And Jesus, is, uh, Jesus said that we're gonna do, we could do greater miracles than he did. And literally, we do see that. We do see, pe we do see people doing miracles that are wonderfully, that are so wondrous. It's like, it's like I can't even believe it half the time. Literally, so many testimonies around the world about what the Holy Spirit did through them. But the cross is just so powerful. And I know I'm kind of jumping from place to place, but... It's just I want you guys to understand that I'm trying to break it down as, as easy as possible for you guys to understand what I'm saying without confusing you guys. But literally, the cross itself has so much power. Like literally, the crucifixion, which is how people were put to death, that is the symbol of Christianity. Literally, as Jesus was dying on the cross, there's there was literally criminals being crucified with him, or that were crucified with him. 
And Jesus would be Martha as he was on the cross, saying that if you're, you know, if you're so mighty, if you, you are God, then you know, why don't you take yourself down? He, he didn't want to take himself down because if he took himself down, then he would, you know, he would live and his will was to die for us. Because when I see that, when I look at that cross, I don't know what you guys see when you look at the cross, but I see victory. I see what Jesus did. When I look at that cross, I think of Jesus. I don't think of the people that were, I don't think of the criminals that were killed like that. I think of Jesus. I don't think of Peter who was crucified upside down, but I think of Jesus. Literally, God is so worthy. And what he did was so worthy that even Peter felt like he wasn't worthy enough to be crucified the way Jesus was. He literally said, do not crucify me like that because I'm not worthy to die as my, the same way as my Savior. Crucify me upside down. And I thank God that he did die like that because I, I am worthy to worship him. He says I am. He says I'm wonderfully made. God is so good. And literally just looking at the cross, thinking about him on the cross, you know, it wants, it makes me want to bring, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. Because it's just so beautiful to think about what Jesus did on the cross. Man, time flies by fast. Jesus, you're so good. God, I just pray that you move, God, in wonderful ways, God. I pray, God, that I don't do I don't do things out of my own will, Lord, but I do things out of your will, God. I know, God, that you are so wonderful, God, and you work in ways I won't even understand, Lord. And I pray, God, that just as many disciples before, God, like. Paul, like Peter, like the many other disciples that followed you, God, that are so willing, God, that were literally dying for their faith, God. I pray, God, that I have the same heart and the same mindset as them, God, and I pray that everybody here as well has the same mindset, God. I pray that our foundation is in you, Lord, and nothing else, God. Mo, can you come to the guitar and just play softly in the background, please? God, I pray that we just challenge ourselves, God, within these couple days, God, next couple days, next couple weeks, God, through our life, God, that we just challenge ourselves, God, to just pray unto you, Lord, to invite ourselves to in that atmosphere, God, I pray that we welcome you, God, with open hands, God, as you, as you died with open arms, God. We know that you are so good, God, and you just want to give us more than we could ever ask for, God. I pray that as disciples, God, as followers, God, as Christians, God, but that we're just not ignorant, God, but I pray that we are just sensitive to the Spirit, God. Or
Jesus, I pray, God, to have a heart like Paul, God, to have a voice like Paul, God, to literally go into cities, God, preaching your gospel, God, and cities, cities literally, God, wanting to kill me, God, to the point where it's like I'm almost about to die, God, like Paul. And literally, Paul, still even after the fact of being injured, God, to the point of almost death, God, literally wanting to go back into the exact same city, God, where they almost killed him, God, wanting to preach your gospel, God, letting them know the victory that you have, God, the authority that you have, that all authority belongs to you, God, on earth, on heaven, God. Everything belongs to you, Jesus. God, I pray that during this time, God, that as many of us have our eyes closed already and our heads bowed, and if you haven't, I invite you to do that. I'm not going to force you. I pray, God, that you just come into this atmosphere, God. Come into this time, God, as we get to approach you, God, as we get to seek you, God. And I pray, God, that many of us start to ask, God, and pray unto you, Lord, about what is to come, God. I pray, God, that the people in this room, God, I pray that you use them, God. Because I don't know what tomorrow holds for them, Lord. I don't know, God, what they're going to do at the end of the night when they go home. I don't know if they're going to be like me when I was 13, God, and I just went straight back home to sin, God, because I didn't understand, God, what the victory meant. I didn't understand what the cross was. I pray, God, that they don't need to hear messages like this for years, God, that they only need to hear it once, God. And truly understand, God, that the lifestyle they live, they no longer have to live, God. If I could have my altar workers up here, please, and everybody, please stand up. this time as you can see we have our altar workers up here we have will for the guys astrid and cielo for the girls that if you don't have victory in your life and you feel like you don't have victory in your life to go up to one of these people and be accountable with them pray with them let them pray with you don't just go out to go get the snacks or go outside to play basketball or whatever it is. If you need to seek a moment with God, seek it with one of these leaders. 
Go into your prayer closet and pray with God. Do not walk out of Elevate living in defeat. I did that almost 10 years, walking in and out of Elevate in defeat and always leaving in defeat. I know all of you don't walk out in defeat. For those of you that are walking in victory, amen. I continually, I encourage you guys to continue to walk in victory. Do not lose your testimony. There are so many people that come in, in, in and out of the church with the testimony, saying that God changed me. They say, he saved me from drugs. He saved me from cursing. He saved me from pornography. But yet, like a month or two weeks later, they start to go back. And literally, they're still in defeat. Literally, people in Bible college, I don't want to name names, but I know people that I went to, went with to Bible college, that literally, I would see them out on the street, they'll be preaching, hey, God, God is good, you need to get saved. But literally, then they're on Facebook saying that they're depressed, saying that they're still living the same lifestyle that they work, and I, I would think that, would, that was crazy, because I would tell myself, man, that's, that's a man of God right there. That's a woman of God right there. But then literally a month later, I would, I would ask myself, what happened? I thought you were on fire with God. I thought you were living in that victory. And I don't want that for you guys. I'm glad that I got to hear the gospel at a young age. But I'm also sad that I didn't understand it for so long. And I pray for you guys. During this time, you can come, go ahead and come up to one of the altar workers if you want to. If I could have everybody close their eyes and bow their heads. Lord, I just thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you allow us to be in your presence, God. I thank you, God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords to be able to pour into me that wants to give me life God that you even speak to me Lord that is such an honor God because unlike rulers God unlike other kings God in the world God or even like governors God presidents God leaders God in the world God that literally don't care about their people won't even hear them out, God. But you give me night and day, God, to listen to me all I want, God. I thank you, God, that you want to heal me, God, in wondrous ways, God, that you want to move, Lord. And I pray for the youth, God, that want to know how to get connected in the cross, God. I pray that the youth just jump into their Bibles, God, jump in with their 101 leaders, God, or their mentors, God. And if they're not a one-on-one, God, I encourage them, God, to be in that in that, that learning course, God, where they get to learn what it is, God, to be a Christian, God, to learn what it is to be a disciple, Lord. I pray that we don't walk out today this, the same, God, with the same mindset, God, with the same intentions, God. But I pray, God, that we walk out in victory, God, as you did, Jesus, God. I pray that we're, we're not walking in the same footsteps as you, God, but we're walking... In your footsteps, Jesus. God, I pray that 
we don't get caught up with culture, God, and, and literally follow them, God, just because they're saying that we have to, God. God, you're so good. If you could sing softly in the background, let me know. still a couple of you I'm not going to call you out but I know there's still a couple of you that need to come up here some of you need to come up here because I know you need it you say you don't want it but I know you need it I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal after that, I encourage some of you guys to even stay behind, dwell in the spirit, get into the atmosphere of God, or even if you still need prayer, our prayer workers will be up here a little longer if you need that time of prayer to pray with them about anything. Lord Father God, I just thank you, God, for every single person in this room, God, that came out here, God.
listen to the word God and get filled with the Holy Spirit God that we're sensitive to your word God I thank you God for everything that you've done in my life God and for the youth's life God I thank you God that I could say that I have victory in you God that I know that your cross has victory God Thank you, God, that I was able to understand, God. I pray that you bless every single youth in here, God, every single person that walked in the building and is going to walk out that building, God. I pray that you bless them, God. I pray that victory stays within them, God, and I pray that they don't have to go home the same. It's in your mighty name I pray, and everybody said, amen.